Hey everybody, welcome back to Kim Fogan. Um, I am one of your hosts, X Williams, with our boy Greg, Brett, and Ish. Of course, Napoleon would be here, but he will be back in another couple more weeks, so stay tight. One of our very special guests today, the above average mellow Jamil Thomas. Thank you for being here today with Kim Fogan. Them. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on, man. It's a pleasure. No problem, no problem. We definitely appreciate you. Now, of course, if you are a first-time watcher and and or a first-time listener, depending on if you're listening to the podcast, please like and share this broadcast on Facebook and also YouTube. And also make sure you subscribe to the YouTube page, Kim Folk and them. Make sure we get our subscribers up. Appreciate you, everybody. Now, first topic and first topic at hand. We have to recap the Brandy versus Monica versus because... If you checked out that battle, probably was a better battle than a lot of people expected it to be. Um, looking at the numbers-wise of things, they actually, the, the most people they had watching at one time was 1.2 million people watching on Instagram. I mean, that is pretty unbelievable because just a couple weeks prior when they had 2 chains and Rick Ross... They had about 200 and I want to say 280,000 at one point was the highest. And for Brandy and Monica to show up with 1.2 million, I mean, that that just shows their fan base and, and shows, you know, how they were coming hard. You know, you guys have anything to say about the verses? I think uh, the verses was very interesting. It was a, a it was a great tribute to the '90s of Moesha and all of that, and I think we all enjoyed it. I think that there was a lot of people, and it really took them back. It was real interesting to see them because you know they've been at this duet thing for a whole long length of time. But like I said, I think honestly, with the conversation with Monica and Brandy, it it showed us the difference between the casual fan and the music head, and I think that everybody came out with a different perspective. Uh, I'll definitely say uh, I was very shocked. I know last episode we kind of discredited Monica. Uh, she got some, she got some jams. She got some yeah. jams. Yeah. Bro, y'all came out and slandered that lady. Yeah. First yeah, yeah. of all, first of all, you agreed as well. Brandy would win, so I don't want to hear that. I want a yeah. full nah. I want a full apology from all of y'all that came out and slandered Monica. I was trying to, you know, I came out. I think on the middle ground, just kind of saying like. You know, I thought Monica still was good. She got a lot of hits, but I thought Brandy was going to win because she's like the generational talent and that kind of stuff. Y'all slander Monica. Y'all are like, man, you can't name three songs from her. I bet y'all recognized more than three songs last night, though. That was Greg. That was Greg, first of all. Don't yeah. say y'all. That was Greg and only Greg. <laughs> so I'll, 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 I'll come out and say, Monica, with your fine ass, I'll let you. Every time you watch this show. I'm, I'll sign the prenup and everything. I apologize. Look, just like a, just like a light skin dude, talk shit, and then all of a sudden be like, "With your fine ass, my bad, I fucked up." <laughs> hey, not too much on the skin pigmentation, brother. It's not this type of platform. You know, I mess so. with you. I mess with you. Man, no, I want no, I want to say the same thing too. I want to apologize myself. I want to give a big old apology to Monica. We're looking good in your little Fendi French outfit. You, I thought she stepped off, she stepped off a private jet from French. God, I thought she, 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 what? I'm saying she's looking good. 
Boy, Twitter was saying she looked like Laura Farquhar from. Uh, I saw that too. I did see that. That was that was kind of funny. Boy, I ain't gonna lie, I did see that. I was laughing. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, I died on that one. They they did they they were firing uh, Monica up with the fit, but again, hey man, both Brandon and Monica for the ages that they are at, which is probably undisclosed because they're not gonna let us know. Forty one and thirty nine. Well. They looking good. They looking good for their age. And shout out to both of them. Cause I, I thought it was Moesha for a second. I didn't think that was Brandon. I thought it was Moesha. You saw, and I don't know if y'all saw the back, the background as well. But I know Ray, you know, you know, Ray J was there. I thought Ray J was gonna come out of intermission and, and, and play One Wish or Remember When or something like that. I thought he was gonna come out here and if I had one wish, it would stop. be better. I thought <laughs> no. Well, I'll go as far as to say this. Monica dominated Brandon. I don't know about dominated. I don't know about yeah. dominated. She dominated. I don't know about dominated. I feel like it was a very, very close 50. Most of the way, it was 50-50. I feel like Monica took, you know, she took off. But Brandy was there. Brandy has the songs. But most of her songs, let's be real, most of her better classic songs were in the 90s. That Full Moon album with some of the songs that are on that Full Moon album have definitely helped, you know, helped out her, her songs during the verses. But... For the most part, I mean, it was pretty even. Yeah, I'm, I mean, from what I've seen, the reaction has been 50-50. A lot of people are still saying Brandy won. I mean, I'm That's... of the opinion that Monica, she she kind of bodied her. I'm not even going to lie. I feel like Monica did body that. But um, a lot of other people, the reaction I've seen, 50-50. You know, some people say Brandy, some people say Monica. So, uh, Overall, I think we all won from that. All us 90 babies, we won because it was definitely there for us. It was a good night. I definitely agree. And let me read these numbers out one more time because I'm looking at Instagram versus channel. And they actually they actually just put out the numbers again. And it's not 1.2 million that actually tuned in. A total of 6 million listeners tuned in for this versus yesterday. And that include Apple Music, Instagram. They have five million plus in, uh, impressions. Uh, let me also talk about the actual albums. The albums have jumped up. Brandy and Monica. Brandy has five of her albums, and Monica has five of her albums jumped up into the top twenty-four of the R&B charts on Apple. And then also, Brandy and Monica took over, took thirty out of forty songs over on. Apple's music charts for R&B as well. So, as we saw with the verses, it definitely uh, shouted out for the culture to put on and to also show. I mean, how much power, you know. Let's be real. You know, our culture, you know, puts out because Brandy and Monica, like we talked about, this has been something that's been going on since we were seven, eight, nine, ten years old, and we about we about to be in our thirties, and they still going strong. So, shout out to Brandy and Monica. Not, um, I, I just gotta say this. Who's okay, that? when it comes down to Brandy and Monica, if we're just being honest about it, who would who would everybody rather see, Brandy or Monica? Monica. I mean, are you talking about like musically or? Yeah, are you are you talking about verses? Why are you talking about individual? All together, like if you said if you only got fifty dollars to go to a concert, are you going to a Brandy concert or a Monica concert? Listen, in all aspects, I would rather see Monica. Thank you. I'm gonna have to go with Monica, bro. That's true. I mean, if we're talking about just uh, the, the total package, and uh, especially after last night, I'm definitely going to a Monica concert. Definitely going to a Monica concert. So I, I, I want to raise this question because I hear this a lot, and I just want to make sure that we're not being biased. Are we saying 
that we would rather hear Monica or more people support Monica, is it because she's musically better or is it because she's the better looking woman? I think it depends on what you're looking for in your music. Yeah. But I think they I think they're kind of different in the standpoint that I feel like Brandy to me is more like the child star kind of like you were brought up in it so you really are like drilled to the t on how you're gonna do it so a lot of her songs to me feel like they're overproduced in a in a manner like they really want to focus on her voice or make her voice her vocal range come out and to me monica just makes more easy on the ear kind of music like i can't just jam any brandy song i'm just gonna be honest i just can't jam any brandy song to me, Monica, you can put anything on, and it's like you not. It's nice you not into it. Some Brandy songs, you there, and you like, eh, sorry. What is the iconic Brandy song? It's kind of like, like if you go to a wedding, are you more likely to hear Brandy or Monica? Uh, it depends on your wedding, honestly. I mean, yeah. the most, the most. It depends again. Depends on what you like from Brandy. One of her most popular songs is "Have You Ever." Or of course, I want to be down. Again, it depends on what you're looking for. Uh, from Monica, so gone, angel of mine, uh, you, tr trenches. Yeah, exactly for you. I will. You know. So again, it all depends on what you look for. Cause like you know, like you asked, would you rather go to a Brandy concert or a Monica concert? Again, I think it depends on who you are because Monica sings more about relationship type of songs the breakups the makeups the whatever she's going through relationship wise brandy it seems like it seems like she's singing more of course from her poetry from her journal more earthy type of songs uh you know because also her and monica grew up in the church it seems like like you said as well the harmonizing type of song she's going to sing them a certain way she's not going to sing the uh, you know, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna bust down your door. You know, slap, slap the, 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 the smack out your, you know, face and whatnot, like Monica would. Uh, so again, I just think it depends on what you're looking for. I mean, it, it ultimately why you look like does that. depend upon what you're looking for. But when it comes down to Brandy and Monica, because we always bring up this conversation that Brandy is the vocal bible. But I ask people this question all the time: What song has Brandy ever blown you away vocally? I don't, I, I don't care about what she can do in the studio, just free thought. What song does Brandy have that blows you away vocally? Where it's just like that moment you said, she can sing. She had that moment. Like sing with the S-A? S-A-N-G. Where she, like, you just had to pull, you had to pop that, that, uh, that Brandy CD in there or mixtape, whatever. And it's kind of like, when I think of, if I, if I hear Monica, it's like if you go to a party, if you hear Monica's song, everybody sort of vibe. It's like, okay, that's that new Monica. Then you hear that, that new Monica, Monica. Mm -hmm. When you hear Brandy, Brandy is just like a song in the selection. She's just First of all, that was, we was in high school, and that was Missy Elliott that helped me out with that new Monica. I know what you're talking about, but. Yeah, but I'm just saying. You're right, though. You're right, though. It's a song in the shuffle. It, it's, a song, it's a filler song. It ain't like. You go it, to the it ain't the song you're seeking out. You're not really not going the song you're seeking to. Out, but mm -hmm. it's not. But she's not an artist that if you went to a concert or a party, if they didn't play any brandy, you wouldn't feel bad about it. You wouldn't be like, man, they ain't played no brandy tonight. You wouldn't even think of brandy, but you would think of Monica. 
again. Keisha Cole, but I wouldn't is even it a 90s party? It's, it's funny, and it's funny you bring up Keisha Cole because that is the next versus that might be in the works. Apparently, Keisha Cole and Ashanti might be in the works for the next versus. We don't know how that's going to play out, but Ashanti apparently have responded back to Keisha Cole and said, "Hey, I'm down." But let's be real that if it is if it is Alicia, I mean Ashanti and Keisha Cole, that versus ain't going to be what Brandy and Monica is. It's going to be okay, but. It's not going to be like Brandy and Monica, but um, to, to finish up this versus, again, like like we reiterated before, is there any other verses of people that is actually still, of course, living that you guys would like to see moving forward? Mary J. Blige versus somebody, if they can find somebody. Um, shit, I can't. I mean, I would love to see Keisha Cole and Shante. Obviously, that's in the works. Um. I would like to see Tyrese versus somebody. I don't know. Ooh, that's a good one. Tyrese versus somebody. I think that'd be hey, funny. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. I'm a I'm a Ty, I'm a Tyrese song hater. That'd be a funny one. I'm I'm that's what I want to see. I want to see who they put them up against because that'd be funny. I, I, I'll give you one. I'll give you one. And somebody already brought this up. Not on this group, but somebody brought this up. Uh Charlie Wilson versus Ron Osmond. The Osley brothers versus yeah. Captain. I, I brought that up a couple of episodes ago. Yes, yeah. that, that was on social media, and uh, I definitely would tune in for that. They have plenty of hits for that as well. Uh, I also brought up a couple weeks ago Gucci and Jeezy. They need to go ahead and get that, get that, and taken care of and whatnot, and strap that. Apparently, Greg says no to that, but I feel like that. But I'm be, let me add on to this though, with the whole Ashanti and Keisha Cole. Do we really want to take two hours out of our day to watch the Jay? That's what I'm saying. That's that's like what I'm saying. Like. The freshman team. It's like they're undercard. They're the opening. Oh, they're the opening act to somebody else. And I know. And I know for sure we're gonna have to hear Ja Rule, and I don't want to do that. Oh, oh, let me be. The, let me be the sucker of the bunch. I'm gonna go ahead and throw it out because we mentioned it last time. Kanye and Drake. I still want to see that one. That's never gonna happen, though. Never. I never. still want to see it. That's, I do. That's I mean, I want to see. Yeah, we have a we have a comment right quick from Mariah Graham. She said Tyrese. She said Tyrese and Tank. That's that's pretty. That makes the most sense. Brian McKnight. Yeah, Brian McKnight. Yeah, yeah. I don't think people just really fuck with Tyrese. Is like your crazy ass cousin. It's kind of like you got to deal with him in doses. Like you, Tyrese might get on there and start crying and start talking about some off the wall shit. And it's like it, it goes beyond the music, but like. If you give me Tank and Brian McKnight, you can watch that with your woman, and you know that's gonna go well. Our black slash sisters don't like Tyree. Tyree's be on some other shit, and I'm like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, his, his, he is true on that. His songs, though, like they, I, I feel like people would be okay listening to the songs. Now, the in between, like him talking part, probably not. Like you know, back to what you're saying, like the. The interaction between the fans and him, that's what people won't care too much about Tyrese. But if you start like playing some of his music, I mean I still think people will listen to it. I think if you're gonna do I think it should either be Tank and Brian McKnight or or Tank and Genuine. Speaking of speaking of uh Genuine and Tyrese, both of them are actually on Moesha. If you go back and check out Moesha on Netflix, both of them are actually on that show. Wow. Just yeah, just a little random little random little randomness out there. But uh, also somebody else that blew up the internet like Brandy and Monica, 
Brian Erlacher. Is Brian Erlacher entitled to his opinion after the whole Kyle Rittenhouse situation with him liking uh, said picture of depicting Kyle Rittenhouse as a American patriot? And also coming out with his comment, pretty much saying that uh, what Kyle Rittenhouse did was okay because, you know, he was attacked and he used his uh, self-defense to, you know, to to uh, to attack back. So everybody here, what do you guys feel about what Brian Erlacher was did, did? Because the Bears organization, the organization that he was with all his career, actually decided to step away from Brian Erlacher and not include themselves uh, what Brian, Brian Erlacher did. So that shows a lot for that organization to step aside from what Brian Erlacher did. And remember, this is a Hall of Fame linebacker. So well, how do you guys feel about what he said and what he did? I'm going to let everybody else comment first. That wasn't the only thing that he said, though. Um, I think one of the main things he was getting criticized about was the tweet or whatever picture he put up where he said Brett Favre played Monday Night Football game the day his yes, dad yes. died. An NBA player's boycott the playoffs because a dude reaching for a knife on a, on a yes. felony sexual assault warrant was shot by police. Now, that right there, wow. My man, Brian Erlacher, come on now. These people, and I'm getting tired of addressing these people. I'm getting tired of addressing this narrative. These people who are saying, oh, you theoretically were reaching for a weapon or you had this felony warrant or in the past you did this. To justify somebody being murdered, that in no way is a justification. Like, if that's what you think that is, and you're really sitting here because somebody has a criminal record, you're saying, oh, the police were justified in shooting them and killing them. Like, come on now. You need to reassess yourself in your life because, my goodness, you are a horrible person if you are going to sit here and say, because somebody has some sort of criminal record. So we saying now, anybody with a criminal record the cops can just go out and just kill you. Like, it, they don't have to have any probable cause. They just can make up a, I thought they were going to do something, and it justifies somebody being killed. Like, what a crazy world that we got to be living in, that people are making justifications because they're saying, oh, this guy had a criminal record, or he was potentially reaching for a knife, which we can't confirm that. So, I mean, I don't I'm just tired of this nonsense, man. It's getting old. Greg, Brett? Um, uh, I think, um, you know, obviously it's pretty much touched on everything I wanted to touch on. Uh, if you're still justifying the fact that this man got murdered, uh, you probably have a mental illness. Uh, nothing wrong with people that have mental illness, but you have one, and you might want to get checked for that, and you might want to start thinking logically because you're going to get burned if you're coming out here saying stupid shit like this. Uh, I applaud the Bears organization. I honestly didn't know that. I'm glad y'all brought that up. The Bears stepped away from him because, again, like X said, he's a Hall of Fame linebacker. He's a part of their brand. You know, every time, you know, you, you start discussing all the, you know, best defensive players, best players that play for the Bears, you know, his name come up. So for them to step away from that, that's a that's a big, big statement within itself. Um, definitely, you know, going forward, when people say mental illness, stupid ass shit like this, step away from them. Don't attach yourself to that bullshit because it's making you seem like you're attached to the mindset that he has. And again, thinking logically, his mindset is stupid as fuck. So Brian Erlacher, you're a douchebag and don't say nothing else, bro. <laughs> well, here's my thing. 
and like Ish said, there, there's people out here that try to justify what Kyle did as being okay because he was either self-defending himself or protecting businesses that he doesn't own. But what people love to step over is that he is a 17-year-old with a weapon he's not supposed to have. That is the thing that is still baffling me that this kid is allowed to have this weapon at the at an underage. And what people love to talk about as well is that, oh, don't ban guns because people are still going to find a way to get them, right? People still going to find a way to get them, which is 100% correct. But this is another great example of people being hypocrites when it comes to love throwing out Chicago, love throwing out all the murders that happen in Chicago, love throwing out all the things that happen in Chicago and people don't even live there. How you live how you live in Houston, Texas and you worry about what's going on in Chicago, but you have something that went on from Illinois to Wisconsin and it was shown on tape and it and everything was shown that what he did and what he had, but all of a sudden, of course, his past doesn't matter because there's been videos of of Kyle Punching a little girl or whatnot when when he when he got in trouble a couple years ago, but of course none of that stuff matter. So it's just very uneasy to see things unfold in front of you as a black male, you know, as as us as black males, and we see it a certain way. But then you see our white friends or even Hispanic friends see it and they say, well, he was defending himself. You know, he he went ahead and defended himself even though he was an hour and a half away from his home. He was just he was just in a mob, and you know he just had to defend himself because you know he he was there even though he shouldn't have been, but he was he was defending himself. So it's it's just very unfortunate to hear these things. But let me add on to that because I've been dealing with this whole situation almost a week, and the issue with it is this is a prime example of white privilege and white people, especially white males, always getting the benefit of the doubt, as you perfectly laid down. He was 17 years old. He was from Illinois. He drove across state lines. Mama drove him. With his mom. He had an unregistered weapon in another state. There were, And here's the other part that, that does not get enough commentary. The, the state National Guard was there. The state police were there. The local police were there. Okay. And some undercover federal officers. So... They had more than enough manpower that if anything got out of control, they were right there. The, the whole thing going on with it is, it's like no one was even, they weren't even in a business district when it was going on. They were like, literally, if you look on the video, like almost in a residential neighborhood. What happened, according to reports that I have read, he was with a white supremacist group called the Boogaloo Boys. Somebody in the Boogaloo Boys got nervous uh discharged their weapon into the air in response kyle thought that someone was shooting at them so he ended up shooting somebody and then when the crowd saw that he shot an individual that's when they then pursued them and pursued him that's where the video that we saw came into play kyle is not a patriot kyle is a terrorist he's a white domestic terrorist and the thing and even just to go to the jacob blake situation you notice they brought up everything that they could find about Jacob Blake that they could do, but they never did that to Kyle. 
they showed a picture of Kyle uh, cleaning the cleaning the graffiti on the wall. Graffiti off of the wall, but they didn't show his mugshot. They didn't show anything like that. And then to go into the whole Brian Erlacher situation, you know, Brian is one of those dudes that you be in the foxhole with. You play games. You had some battles with Brian. And to think it's like, bro, I never really know that you felt this way. Like, you know, to sit here and think of think about that, like you, the league is like eighty five percent black, and for you to hold that type of stance to say, well, because he's kind of getting to that point, where it's kind of like we're saying what I'm saying is like, okay, well, y'all should just get over it and go focus on football. And I'm like, Brian, in today's time, because Mike Dicker did the same damn thing. Yep, you know? Mike, yep. And all of that. And I'm like, y'all made y'all money, your legacy playing with black people. Like, no one gave a damn. About, like, if Brian Erlacher was not a football player, he'd just be another white guy in America that probably works in manufacturing. That's what Brian Erlacher would be doing. But for him to sit there and say that and try to justify it, and they do this all the time. They always say, well, such and such was a criminal. Well, when the encounter happened, you don't know what anybody's criminal background is. You just know it's an individual. But anytime that it's a black person being gunned down, it's like all of this, well, if you had a marijuana charge or you had a domestic violence charge, well, you deserve to die. But it's never brought up in contrast with the other side. And that's why I was telling people the other day, there is an implicit bias against black people. Black people never get the benefit of the doubt. Because if you get gunned down, and it's just imagine that you deserve it. And they just yep. look at it as another Negro needed to be gone. But in totality, when this white guy shoots this white, and I'm not calling him a kid, this white young man killed these people, you're hearing every excuse in the book. But when you have an implicit bias towards a certain race of people, it doesn't matter what your race does because you're going to automatically assume that black people are wrong. And he killed white people. He didn't even kill nobody black. He killed white people. And they're like, well, we don't agree with their political uh, ideology. So Yes, that's the first thing. Exactly. That's, exactly. that's what I was going to get at. That's exactly what I was going to get at. A lot of people are holding on to their political, you know, if they are Republicans or Democrats, whatever it is, and trying to say, well... You know, the Democrats feel like, you know, you should defend yourself. So that's what Kyle was doing. So you Democrats, you can't have it both ways. You know, we're in a political year, unfortunately, I'm sorry, election year, unfortunately, to where everything, it seems like, goes back to politics, coronavirus, you know, NBA basketball, just wherever, NFL, of course, NFL, everything that we have going on, it seems like everything has to go back to politics. And it really doesn't, especially, especially COVID. I it baffles me to this day that people are still talking about Democrats are the only ones controlling this coronavirus. Apparently, I it it, it baffles me that a, a worldwide pandemic is controlled by one sector of the United States. That's pretty much what they are claiming that is only the Democrats. Which you know, and if it is true, then shout out to them for being right. But you can't say is only the Democrats because you're a Republican, or you can't be a Democrat and say it's the Republicans because you're a Democrat. We have to look at the whole scheme of things. But I add to this. The, the Republicans control two-thirds of the government. They have the Senate and the presidency. Well, and that's and another thing is people are uh, – that's that's the thing that you're pretty much saying is y'all have everything that you want and you still complain about the things that go on even though you're in control of them. Yeah. I, I mean, I listened to a speech from the president today and in the, in, in the yesterday. He was like – we need law and order, and in Joe Biden's America, we're not safe. But I'm like, I'm living in Trump's America right now, and I'm not safe. And he's talking about 
what needs to be done. I'm like, dude, you're talking as if you're running for president. You know you are the damn president. Like, you can do whatever needs to be done. But it, it goes again. It's kind of like the casual person that doesn't know any better and then those that are actually politically inclined and politically informed. And it's very confusing that people, because like now you're seeing the same shit that you've seen in 2016. Well, now the argument is devolving into the lesser of two evils because they feel like that is an, an a structured argument that you can use to confuse black people of saying that, well, I lie, he lies, so hell, you might as well vote for me. And I'm like, dude, that makes no sense because how is it you can denounce protesters but you can't denounce white supremacy or white supremacists that do things under the name of you? Because he doesn't have to. He because doesn't have to acknowledge it. I mean, he, he doesn't have to because the masses are not paying close enough attention to actually care whether or not like they can watch Fox News and Fox News can tell them that, oh, well, he never did actually endorse white supremacists. And then there you go right there. He never endorsed white supremacists. So he's good. Like, dude. There are too many people, if you really think about it, there are too many people in this society that aren't actually following this stuff. They are following the news or they're following their Facebook feed or their Twitter feed, and that's where they get their information from. So the line has been drawn in the sand. Everybody knows their talking points. Everybody knows what things they need to focus on to get the voters on their side. Everybody going to lie. And they're going, I mean, basically just say what they think the people that they are trying to reach want to hear so that they can get voted for. I mean, both sides are, and I agree, I think that it is the lesser of two evils because I think either way, we're screwed. I yeah. like, and I, and I think, why, why you say that? And I think also, just to throw in before Jamel goes in and rebuttals that, um, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what politics is. It's a bunch of people telling you what you want to hear. That's basically what a lie is. I'm going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm not going to tell you what it actually is. You know what I'm saying? That's what politics is. So, again, I, I actually agree with this. I think it's the lesser of two evils. Uh, Jamel, I already know where you're about to go with this. Uh, I don't care for Joe Biden at all. Um, it is what it is. <laughs> Okay, so when we say it's the lesser of two evils, isn't everything in life the lesser of two evils? Depends. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. You can legitimately make that argument because how is it that every time we come down to every four years, we end up having this conversation? And because this started in 2016 talking about the lesser of two evils, and I asked you this question, is who are you more likely to get comprehensive legislation under, Joe Biden or Donald Trump? Neither one. You'll get more done under Joe Biden. No, you won't. He's been Why in office. You? He has been in office for how long? How much has he done? How much has he done for you? Tell me what the legislation he has passed for you. He has uh, not. The credit, he has credit, not. credit Protection Bureau, that was in 2008. Obamacare, that was massively. Uh, that wasn't that, him. That was not that him. That was him and President Obama together. Okay. So sure, he was part of that. So that's his tag along is he gets that tag along of he was with Obama. So he going to get the credit. Go ahead. OK, so we talking about the whole record in totality. Yeah, his whole record in totality. OK. Joe Biden is going to lie. Now, nobody is saying that Joe Biden is perfect. But the thing about it is what interests me is how is one man supposed to transform Congress? Joe Biden has always been Joe Biden. I'm, I'm not saying he's supposed to transform Congress. I'm just saying to be consistent, right? So he claimed he's for the people, but 
he, yet he's got, you know, he passing the crime bill. He's got, I mean, he has things in his history that is not necessarily for the people, right? And now he's saying he's for the people. Yeah, you can talk when you run it for president and say you for the people, but I need to see you be for the people. Like, I don't need to see you with Obama and then say like, oh, I was with Obama, so now I'm for the people. Like, dude, we are putting too much stock behind him. And this is what I'm saying. I'm saying it's the lesser of two evils because this is what's going to happen. Sure, we're going to vote for Biden. People are going to vote for Biden because they don't want Trump in there, right? That's why you're voting for Biden. A lot of people, that's why they're going to vote for him, right? And then you're not going to hold him accountable. He's going to get in there. He's not going to pass legislation for you. And then you're not going to hold him accountable. And then it's going to be four years later and everybody going to be looking around like, oh, what has he done for you lately? Nothing. Okay. So we in the same we gonna be in the same boat. That's why it's the lesser of two evils. Because my my idea is we're not doing enough for our community, and we don't have politicians in place that are doing the things for the community. And the problem is we're not putting those people out there that are actually for the community. Like we don't get those are not the people that are getting the money. Those are not the people that are going to be put in power because that is not what this system wants to happen. Like okay. at the end of the day, let's be honest, dude. They're not gonna put anybody in there that's gonna go on an agenda that's gonna really help those help people. Help. Yeah, they're yeah. not gonna put Let nobody there. Let me ask you this question: Where do you live? I live in Houston. Okay, who's your congressman or congressperson? I don't know. I just moved here. That's and that's part of that's okay. part of the problem. Who's your, who's your state senator? Who Ted Cruz? And who else? Ted Cruz and I don't know some other dude. That, and, but hey. That, but listen, no, but listen, you, listen to me. Listen from? to me. Listen to me. Let me tell you. Let me tell you exactly what you're saying. Because I get the point that you're proving, and I already know that. Let me tell you my. Let me tell you what I'm saying. I understand. You need to know your city councilman, right? Those are the people that are going to do things in your area. You need to know those people. My problem is I don't like politics. I don't like these people, and I feel like when I do look into these people, most of them are not doing the things that want to do. So you know what I do? I join organizations that are in my community that are doing things. I'm helping people in my community myself. I'm not necessarily de depending on some politician. I'm going to vote you in, and then you're going to do it for me. No, I'm going to make sure that I join the organizations that I know if we're going to go serve food, we're going to go do stuff. I'm going to be in that community. I coach kids in, in Little League football and things like that. Because I want to be in their lives. I want to talk to these kids. I want to be there and show them a positive influence. I want to show them what you can do if you're able to focus, go to school, do the type of things you want to do. And you don't even have to go to school. I can tell them like, hey, bro, if school is not for you, then let's get you in a trade school. Let's get you in the things. Let's get you these internships that you can get to where you want to get to. You don't have to necessarily vote for a politician to do the things that you need to do in your community. But if you are going to vote for a politician, if you are about doing that kind of movement, then you need to know your people that are around you. That's all I'm saying. Like there are a lot of people who want to be in politics, who like politics and stuff like that. That's not for me. I don't like it. I don't I don't like either party. I don't feel like either party's for me. And honestly, I don't trust any of them. But you said that you don't like politics, but you're rendering a political opinion. That's a it's a political conversation. But I'm just saying, and, and that's and that's where that's where we have that's where we have come. We have come to a state now where everything has to be a political situation because that's election year. Everybody gonna say, "Oh, this thing, it, it's the liberals, it's the conservatives." Like you can't do anything. There's nothing in the news right now that is not targeted as liberal or conservative. Okay, but I asked you this question though because 
how can you help your community if you're not participating in the political process because the political process actually affects your community because just because you doesn't just because you don't participate in the game doesn't mean that the game is not happening so oh i agree the game happening the game is happening regardless if you participated in it or not but because i feel like respectfully we're setting the bar too low it's because yeah we all can go volunteer our time and go feed the hungry and go do this this and that but what we need to be doing is lobbying putting your money together getting your committee together whatever organizations that we that you participate in and run the candidate that you want to run in order to make the change that you want to see we don't get to necessarily check out because these people are out here electing sheriffs that don't do work in our best interest they're electing uh judges and all that they don't work in our best interest but they're able to elect these people because you're not participating in the political process because more times than not you outnumber the people that are voting against you you just and, have to organize yeah. and mobilize your people and the second and, point to that is you say that well they're not doing anything every four years well okay the first process is getting the person that you need into office the second step of the process is okay now i got you in i'm going to hold you accountable i'm going to legislate i'm going to lobby i'm going to get everything that i want out of you you can't say that you want something if you don't even have an agenda to begin with so if you don't even have an agenda you can't even have a conversation because a lot the thing about it is and i go into this black people understand popularity okay white people understand power see i don't have to teach power to a white person i have to teach power to a black person because even if you have the numerical majority, if your ass isn't participating, it's pointless. So you have to participate. Everything that you do, it's just like right now, black people do not necessarily participate in the US census. Have you participated in the census? Yep. Okay, so you're doing the census. Has everybody in here done their census? I work for the census. Okay, so you work for the census. Do you understand the power of the census-ish? Yeah, I understand the power of the census. Okay, so you, the power- you also understand the power of gerrymandering in the situation that we're facing right now, right? Okay, but the power of gerrymandering goes back into the issue of politics and why you must participate in the political process and you have to participate in things like the Census Bureau because the census happens every 10 years. If people are, or especially black people, are mentally checking out, you're talking about billions of dollars that are not being interjected into your community because again popularity power if you don't understand and a lot of us don't that's why we're so far behind so getting joe biden in is the first step the second step is that delivering an agenda putting your money behind organizations so that they can lobby for said agenda so we can move and progress forward because honestly and truly this is about 2043 in 2043 black and brown people will be the numerical majority but you have to understand the game that's going on trump and company are appointing all of these young white radical judges on lifetime appointments so even when black and brown people get the numerical majority we will have no political power because trump trump has appointed damn near almost 200 judges 200 judges so we have to participate in the process regardless if you like it or not there this is not 
a, a, a battle of the lesser of two evils. This is about our survival and our political. It's still, so you t you took what I said as like I'm not participating. It's not that I'm not necessarily participating. I don't like politics. I will participate. I understand the fact that we have to participate. If you watch some of our past episodes, I've already said we need to get more active in our um, in our communities. We need to learn who the people are. We need to put people up who need to run on our agenda. I said some of us may actually have to get involved if we don't have those type of people that are willing to run for that. So I'm all for that. What I'm saying is it's a lesser two evils this year because it's too late. If there's nobody for your agenda now, it is too late. You like this. Those people who are running and you're voting for this year, they already have. They're like on a ticket. They've got their money. Those are the people that are running. So it's the lesser of two evils. But we said the lesser of two evils, though. Okay, so in the primary, who did you support? In the primary? Yeah. I mean, I would say I was more on the Bernie side, more of the. Um, progressive. I, I was. I really wanted a progressive candidate. Okay, and I was with Andrew Yang. I, 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 I was with the Yang gang, but was, nobody Yang. was taking him seriously. Okay, I wanted Yang. I wanted and, Yang, but nobody wanted the Yang gang. However, I voted. I did not vote for Joe Biden in the primary. I voted for Bernie Sanders only because Andrew Yang had dropped out. However, Bernie didn't win because. The progressives did not turn out in the way that they needed to turn out. So at this point, that tells me that the moderate wing of the party is still in power. Is the progressive voice growing? Yeah, it surely is. But you got to do like the other side. If your party, if your your wing of the party doesn't win, you got to get like you got to get in line, bro. And anything that we say that can deter people, we need to be real careful. Because we live in a soundbite and a clickbait generation that says, you got black folk out here just searching for a reason not to vote. So we can say that we don't like Joe Biden. Joe Biden is not our friend. He's not my first choice. However, for the sake and the livelihood of black people in the country, I'm voting for Joe Biden. Because Trump ain't got nothing for me. I, I, I know what I'm getting with Trump. You know, that whole, what do you have to lose? I, I, I can't get... I don't even understand as a black person how you can vote for Trump after the things that he has said. I don't even have any issue with the conservative agenda. I got an issue with this guy. All right. Well, I um, it seems like that topic definitely uh, took a turn, and I'm okay with that because I, I feel like feel like everybody out listening, we, we definitely learned some things, and we definitely uh, you know that's the reason why we have this podcast is so we can have you know our different voices speak upon these things because not every black person is the same. You know, I know a lot of people think that you know black people probably think all the same, and that is not true at all. So to see everybody, you know, having different opinions, I love it. I I, I love the conversation. Uh, we you know we are a little bit deep in, into this uh in, into this episode for today. So we're gonna go on to the next topic. Marcus Houston marrying a missing woman. Now I don't know if everybody know about this whole situation with Marcus Houston, but Marcus Houston, of course, is uh if you you know since we're on the the '90s baby situation uh, with with Brandy and Monica, he was of course Roger on Sister Sister, and he was also a part of the group Immature, um, and also B2K, of course. Uh, Marcus Houston recently tied the knot with his 19-year-old girlfriend, but that's not the only controversy surrounding this union. In 2016. Mayana Dickey, then 15 years old, was reported missing after running away from home, only to resurface 
to to being proposed to by Houston 11 days after her 18th birthday. So they proposed he proposed to her 11 days after her 18th birthday. They just got married a couple months a couple about a month ago. Um is is this kind of like a R. Kelly situation? You know, what are we what are we dealing with here? You know, I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts about this. Jamil, go ahead and start it off. I know you want to say something. I know Marcus Houston, you gotta hold his L on this because A, this is on some to catch a predator type of shit. It's kinda of like, look, I've been watching you a long time and now is the moment. But all we know when she disappeared, he might have married her then. <laughs> all we know. But I'm just trying to understand and for the life of me. A forty-year-old celebrity icon marrying an eighteen-year-old girl. Like what, what? What? You could have any woman you want, but you choose an eighteen-year-old young girl, fresh eighteen. Okay, and it's and, it, and it's really problematic because it's just, like I said, there's always been allegedly a bunch of pedophile-type vibes that come off of Marcus Houston. And like I said, and then previously. If anybody watching this, go to the Impressive channel on YouTube, and there was a young lady, I believe her name was Impressive, she did a whole entire documentary laying out the whole B2K, Chris Stokes, and uh, Marcus Houston situation. Marcus Houston is problematic, man. Thank you for that tidbit. If people that don't know about that YouTube uh, uh, you know, documentary, please go check that out, because I'm going to go ahead and check that out after this show. Ish, Greg, I know you got something to say. Go ahead and say it right quick. Brett need to say something, bro. Brett, go ahead and go, my nigga, please. I mean, it's it is what it is. Like he's marrying an eighteen year old. There's not much really to say. Like it's gross. Like why is a forty why is a forty year old marrying an eighteen year old? Like like outside of that, I mean, there's not much to say. Like if you guys had an eighteen year old daughter, would y'all want her marrying a forty year old man? No. Even if it was Ishmael, do you want? Am I? <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't name drop. Don't name drop, bro. You don't, you don't, you don't Anyways, we gonna go for bread. I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna finish with what I'm. What I wanted to say about this. Um, it's it's just besides it being weird, like Brett's saying, it's just not even uh, generationally wise, like connection because. You're 20 years older than somebody, you know, what do y'all have to talk about besides the current events that's going on on TV and maybe something that's going on YouTube? Uh, because you as a 40-year-old person, your generation-wise is completely different than a 19-year-old that's worried about going on with TikTok or Snapchat or whatever it is. And let's be honest, I, I think, unfortunately, this world has kind of normalized some of these relationships because let's be real before modern day before the 1900s you know back in the day some of those those type of relationships was acceptable you can marry you could be 14 year old and and you know be with a 21 year old or be with a 22 year old and back in the day they they was like oh it was that's how it was back in the day it was okay you know and I think now we're coming to a generation where, of course, you have people that say, you know, that know and realize that that is not okay. But you still have some older people that feel like and look at it like, hey, you know, love is love. You know, as long as they above age, it doesn't matter. So um, it's, it's unfortunate, but some people don't see a problem with it. You know? 
Yeah, and uh, I just want to speak on the people out there. It ain't none of my business. Those type of people. Uh, y'all said the same shit about R. Kelly when he married Aaliyah. Uh, y'all saying the same shit about all these other celebrities that getting away with this shit. At some point, there has to be a finish line to this. And the finish line is calling these niggas out and getting them the fuck up out of here. So I just want to just speak to the people out there that saying it's none of my business or I let people be people. Nah, like Brett said, this is gross. I'm going to take it to another level. Marcus Houston, you're a fucking idiot. You're a fucking douchebag. You're a nasty douchebag. You're a nasty nigga. And, you know, stop, you know, if that works for you, it works for you. But at the same time, my nigga, you were nasty as fuck. And you, you, you know, yeah, you're nasty, my nigga. And, and I ask this, and it's like, because we have to differentiate and be clear. We're not saying that older men can't date younger women. But this is a situation of like, for real, you're 40, she's 18. I could see if, she, if he was 40 and she was 25, you know, I could get with that. But like what Greg was saying, you have too many people that just want to straddle the fence and try to play both sides and saying, well, you know, that's his business or whatnot. But in situations like this, this is how the whole R. Kelly situation started is because everybody was like, make good music. So I'm going to leave it alone or, you know, I'm going to look the other way. And I, and I have to say this because it's very important that I say this, especially for us as men, okay? Everybody knows somebody that has been raped, but nobody knows a rapist. I've heard that. I've heard that comment before. It doesn't meet that. I've heard that comment before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mar- Mariah Graham, she has a comment that she pushed. She said, that's not love. Men who prey on significantly younger women are usually struggling with something internally. They usually have control issues as well. Um, Autumn Jackson said pretty much the same thing that I said on the pre-show. She said he was grooming her prior to 18. And I definitely agree with that because, again, that's something that I stated. Um, if you know, a, you know a young woman at that age, 14, 15, 16 years old, you know, let's let's remember, guys, we, we, we got out of high school about 10 years ago and girls at that age, at 14, 15, 16 years old, they still fucking loopy. Like they still they still just 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 doing whatever the fuck they want to do. And and in their own little world, I should say. So when a older man see uh, shows them some type of attention, they love that shit. And again, we we were in high school. We ain't, I ain't about to throw out no names or like that, but we've seen younger girls, you know, be a lot, you know, get that attention from the older guys and they would rather be with an older guy than be with a, a guy that is their age because they see them as more, more uh, mature or more attractive or whatever it is. Y'all can laugh all you want to. It's dumb, no, dead ass serious. I'm dead ass serious. Like, it's, it happens. So I'm laughing at you, like, halfway dry skin shit on people. <laughs> I ain't dry, dry skin shit on shit. All I said is, hey, we got we got 5,000 people at went to our high school. Y'all, y'all can do the, y'all can go ahead and do the research if y'all want to. You right. know, y'all okay. act like, y'all act like we went to high school with 15 people or something. Right. I, I, I have to add this. Okay. When we if we're going back to high school, when the when the younger girl dated the older guy, that situation always ends bad. Where it does he's, because he's normally a loser, a pedophile, or somebody that can't even handle handle women his own age. So he go down there and says the same bullshit line of 
you just mature for your age. These older all <laughs> just don't get it. You, you just match his level of immaturity. <laughs> and I'm like, it normally be the dude that's living in his mom or living with his mama in the basement or he's driving. Dang, why you living in the basement? <laughs> I ain't never, I have never, and I, and I bullshit you not, I have never met a successful guy that wanted, that a successful guy post high school that said, you know what? I'm going to go to the football or the basketball game to go find me a good junior or senior in high school. Like, when, you have, when you're the best of the best, why do you want to go get somebody <laughs> in high school? That shit don't even, it don't even make sense to me at all. And every 30, 25, and I'll say this, if, and I have to say this, if you are a grown-ass man on Facebook, if you send in a friend request to a girl that has an ID on her default photo, your ass needs to go to jail. Oh, Lord. If, if she's sending you a friend request and she's wearing a school ID, just delete it. Don't, it's even it, don't even let it in. Just, just delete it. You're like, no, nah, I'm good. All that, well, I'm going to be her friend and I can grow up with her. What do you want to be her friend for? You can damn near be her uncle or you went to school with her sister. Like, Kim. If you gotta go to lengths to hide what you're doing, you shouldn't. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Autumn Jackson also said, "Only losers and creeps go that low in age. It's definitely about control and ego boosting. Women are more malleable at a young age." True. Definitely like, agree with that. Uh, for me, like it's also really scary because, like, for me, you know, I teach junior high, right, and so. My kids that I teach are, you know, that 13, 14, and some 15. So, like, just to think of, like, some of my kids going missing and then you know, coming up, marrying, like, that's, that's just, like, Bro, she's weird. not missing. She's been found. I, I, well, I know. I know. That's why, that's why I went just like this and I said missing. Right? But just to think that, like, you know, there are people who are preying on, like, my kids. And, like, as a teacher, that's just something that... One breaks your heart, but two, I also have, I had a kid who told me that she helped catch a predator. And I was like, dang, you know, like, but there's a lot of things that you don't just, you just don't think about and don't expect. And that's, this is one of those things that. Nope, you lead it up to the people that uh, we give our tax dollars to. Those are the Harris County Sheriff's Department. That's what we leave it up to. It's not up to me. Has anybody asked this young lady where were you for three years that she was missing? Like, how did you just? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Hey, I don't who, know. who does that? Man, we know yeah. she wasn't missing. She was with Marcus. Yeah, we don't and know that. Makes- we don't know that. But hold allegedly. on, allegedly, allegedly, you, that just makes it Allegedly, But you remember allegedly, or I think this actually happened. You remember when Tiger was dating Kylie before she was eighteen, and he actually mm-hmm. admitted the shit. And I'm like, well, damn, you just don't give a fuck. Well, I think, well, I think at that time too, I could have sworn Chris, you know, okayed it, right? Chris Jenner, I could have sworn she said it was okay. So, no, you, I, you right, I got you, but we know how the Kardashian clan is. Like, that's a different type of, that's a different type of uh, setting and whatnot. What, on how they conduct business? If you already, if you're a rapper, how do you already one more time, Jamil. If you are a rapper, a fellow rapper, how could you either how can you even collaborate 
with this man knowing that he's probably looking at your niece or your granddaughter? You'd be surprised. I mean, I mean, I, they don't think about it like that. There's situations with the rapper The Game that came out like a year or so ago where he was dating somebody that was like 18 years old. But it was reported that they were, they've been, you know, dating or whatever. They just came officially, you know, when she became 18. So it's a bunch of motherfuckers out here that's doing that shit. So yeah, it's it, a lot. It's a lot. That's why I said you'd be surprised because there's, just like I said, there are a lot of people who are just in that realm of nasty. So. Alrighty then. So speaking of nasty, damn the Houston Rockets look like they uh choked that damn lead and had to end up in a nasty ass game seven. Ha <laughs> Shout out to us Laker fans. Uh we still waiting on the winner of OKC and Houston Rockets. I could have sworn the Rockets were gonna finish this out, but I guess not. So we'll see y'all tomorrow for a game seven in Orlando in the bubble. OKC led by CP3, Mr. Rocket Killer. Going up against his old team, the Houston Rockets, uh, AKO the, aka the coach killer, James Harden. And we looks like we're going to see what could happen with these two franchises. I'd be honest with you. If the Rockets lose this, besides D'Antoni getting fired, because that's the first thing that's going to happen, it might be James Harden's time to be done with in Houston. We know, I don't know. What They're you guys think? What you guys think? I'm listening. Where would he go? Anywhere but Houston. Golden State. Relax. Russell Westbrook honestly played the worst game of his life. Like, yeah, I, I don't think Russell. I, I've seen worse in OKC, but one, one worst game for the Rockets. Worst game for the Rockets. I saw. Worst game for the Rockets. It was kind of like I was waiting to give the ball to James at the end, and it's like Russ didn't have it all night. I didn't understand why Russ wasn't pulled, and they put in either. Uh, uh, Austin Rivers or somebody else. Russ did not have it at all. Chris Covington was getting abused by CP3. Um, Schroeder was off, and we couldn't even, like, when we went up by six, I honestly thought that we were going to pull it out. But it was just a matter of, like, I don't even understand how OKC even is in the game because Houston can literally dictate the tempo. It's like Houston is trying to lose almost. I do think they will win tomorrow. And I'm going to go to bed happy, hopefully. And we'll go on and beat them tomorrow, and then we'll go and kick the Lakers' ass in round two. Okay. All right, anybody else here have any guarantees for tomorrow, game seven? Anybody want to guarantee anything, Charles Barkley? Like, I'm not a, I'm not a Rockets fan. Yeah. I know you're not, but I'm just saying, anybody want to just say win or lose for who? You know what's going to happen tomorrow? I, I want the Rockets to win. Will they win? I have no fucking idea. Well, that's they why they play the game, Greg. They I get that. that part, you sarcastic douchebag. I get that part. I want the Thunder to win, so no offense, Greg. But. Oh, I definitely want the Thunder to win. I ain't gonna lie, because uh, that would be... It would just make my heart just melt here in living in Houston, Texas to have these Rocket fans just talk about how they were just gonna win the championship this year, and to lose in the first round, I mean, it would just be icing on the cake this year so i'm definitely going with okc okay i mean that's a, but i would tell you one game one series that's not getting enough attention is this series between miami and milwaukee well that's the second round remember you guys are still in the first round you got we got we got <laughs> you got to get to the second round before we can talk about second round matchups a playoff update because i've been saying for about a month or so and change 
I don't understand why people just allow Giannis to just drive to the basket and dunk. Just that's all he do. That's all he do. Well, he can't shoot. And I'm like, just build the wall and make him shoot. Make him shoot. Because the dude can just the way how he takes those steps with. I didn't think I didn't think Jimmy Butler could go out and give you 40 like that. Jimmy Butler is like a grinder. Jimmy Butler is like drinking castor oil. It's good for you, but it's ugly. He gives you an ugly ass 40 or an ugly mm-hmm. ass 20, but he, he just does it, man. It's like, damn. Well, to be completely honest, I think Jimmy Butler fell into the best situation he probably could have playing for Miami after the Sixers stint because, and let's just be real. I mean, we, we see it this year. The Sixers are soft. Every, from Joel Embiid to Ben Simmons, they are soft. I don't I don't care how you want to cut it. And Jimmy Butler saw that, and he tried to, you know, pretty much be the leader and have y'all follow me, but... What Jimmy probably saw was they want to do things their way. He said, okay, cool. Y'all do y'all thing y'all way. We, I'm going to do it my way, and we're going to see, you know, who's going to prevail. And as we can see, it looks like Jimmy is proving his point because he is the man in Miami. And even though he's with uh, some guys that might not be household names, they are guys that are helping him win the same way LeBron is is on a team where they might have guys that aren't, again, household names, but they help complement his game and complement him to where they're able to win whatever playoff series they need to win. Um, this, Are you talking about LeBron and Cleveland? Uh, either, I mean, Cleveland, Miami, even, I mean, not in L.A., but Cleveland or, or Miami, not, not the L.A. part because, of course, you got Anthony Davis. But what I'm saying is he, he usually have guys – that aren't that great, of course. Dwayne, besides the big three, I'm talking about Wade and Wade and uh, Bosch. I'm talking about the other guys. I mean, but I, I don't. Sorry, I'm sorry. I don't think you can make necessarily that argument, saying LeBron in Miami because, like, and you can't say outside the big three because like that's like that doesn't make sense to me personally. All right, no problem, Brent. No problem. Anyway, so the uh, like I said, the other playoffs and whatnot. Um, after oh so also right now game seven we just got done with the final I don't know if you anybody saw the final score Denver with won. Denver with Denver and Utah it looks like Utah ended up choking and losing in game seven uh, Connolly with the last second three pointer miss uh, to end the game and it looks like Denver goes ahead and pulls off the upset and comeback victory amongst the uh, the well Denver again the higher seed. Now I ain't talking about seeding part. I'm talking about they were down in the series. They were not supposed to win that series. It looked like Donovan yeah. Mitchell had that series in hand and they were going to because again, I don't think series in the I mean I don't think seeding in the west is as important as it is maybe in the east. The, the west the west is just so heavy besides the 8. I mean even the 8 seed, you know, people thought oh the Lakers are going to lose to the to, to the Blazers after one game, but it just goes to show you again. I think one through eight is a lot heavier, of course. Besides, you know, one through eight in the East. That's all. Uh, uh, did y'all see that the Celtics won? Celtics did win. They are up two and two zero on the uh, on the tri- on the on the Raptors, and yeah. and that's the crazy thing too. I, I thought the Raptors were going to be able to, um, uh, I guess, pull 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 together their championship you know, DNA and, and go ahead and still make it back to the Eastern Conference Finals. But I don't know what's going on with the Celtics right now, but Brad Stevens is coaching them boys up right now in this Brad series. Brad Stevens has always been able to coach his ass off, but at the same time, never put your faith in Kyle Lowry in the playoffs. Kyle Lowry is trash. Ooh, you think so? Kyle Lowry. Uh, last year, I don't know. Last year kind of debunked that, bro. Yeah, last year, last year, that's – 
Yeah, the last year. I think I, I mean he, I mean Kyle Lowry played his ass off last year. I'm not a Kyle Lowry fan either. Yeah, me either, but I'll give him that one year. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna give him the respect. He he did play well last year. Because I think I think that the Celtics being up up two zero right now on the Raptors is more of an upset than what Ishmael was saying, and especially last time when he was saying that the uh, when the Celtics beat the the Seventy Sixers that that was an upset. Mm. That was an upset. I think, I, I think that the Celtics being up 2 0, that's a way bigger story. Mm, I wasn't sold on Toronto, to be honest. Me either, but being up 2 0, like, I, I feel like that's that's different. Like, I'm more sold on Toronto for this. I mean, I was more sold on Toronto for this year over the Celtics because, again, Toronto has at least proven it. Last year, even when they were, even though they had Kawhi Leonard, I got that. But to still come back this year, have the number one seed in the East, and be able to again keep that core and, and play well, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to give the Raptors the benefit of the doubt because they have championship DNA over the Celtics or over the 76ers because they have not proven themselves yet. When if the Celtics go to the finals or even Miami, I I'm looking at Miami right now, man, and you know if they're able to. Keep this train rolling and, and and let Jimmy be him. I think they can get to the finals as well. They're gonna be Milwaukee. They all plan to lose to the West anyway. It don't even matter. True. This is true. It's very true. Um, I, I'll say this. I'll say this. If Milwaukee loses this series, this is gonna be very pivotal, of course, for Giannis's future because that's what I'm saying. I, I think Giannis is not going to stay in Milwaukee because. I think he also sees the writing on the wall as well. Now the real question is, where does he go next? First. You know, people. No. You know, yeah. No. Well, no. People. Oh, people. People are saying Golden State, but I, I highly doubt that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if I see him in the L.A. market. Uh, Anthony Davis might leave the Lakers and go to Chicago. That was rumors and whatnot, but you know, Giannis could replace him. We'll see. But for Giannis, if Giannis wants to be that guy. For whatever organization, he has to be able to com- be more complete as an as a basketball player. You know, from the free throw to line the- to one more time. He has to stay in the East if he wants to be that guy. Well, honestly, I just I, I we just got to wait for LeBron to retire to be complete. I mean, well, I wouldn't say that. Well, because K, I think KD is a better once KD becomes healthy next year. I think KD is a better player than Giannis. Me too. He's a better just- player. Yeah. So I don't think him being in the East is really his ticket to be the best player. I think he has to, he himself individually has to become a better basketball player. I just think that honestly, I mean, we're beating up on uh, Giannis a little bit, but Chris Covington is under the gun too because people are getting tired of his shit. I mean, not Chris Covington, uh, Chris Middleton. Middleton. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, people could like to me. Is Chris Middleton really a a back? Is he a really a Robin? You know what I'm saying? Is he really a second option or is he really a third? Because because if 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 you put together a big three, I think that Chris Middleton is your three. He's really not a a two because if you look at the Milwaukee Bucks offense. The, the, the Milwaukee Bucks just really look like the San Antonio Spurs of the East with Budenholzer as the coach. Because Budenholzer did the same thing in Atlanta. He doesn't he doesn't have to have a perennial he doesn't have to have an amazingly talented team. However, 
because the way how he coaches, but come playoff time, you got to have people that go out there and go get a bucket. And I feel like too often, Chris Middleton just checks out. And when Giannis can't just power his way to the basket, it's problematic because they're losing games. They should like the, the amount of length and all that that Milwaukee has, they should not be struggling with Miami. They should be able to go out there and beat them. They are, they are actually the longest team in the NBA, you know, homo. Uh, so, yes, I definitely agree when it comes to being lengthwise, when it comes to being able to easily get a basket or whatever it is, they should be able to do that. Um, but it's going to be very interesting to see the rest of these playoffs uh, unfold. Uh, I'm interested to see who we're going to play as a Lakers fan. Um, I'll be completely, to be completely honest, and this, again, there's no shade. I, no matter if we play the Thunder or the Rockets, I feel like as a Lakers fan, we're going to win. Um, just just being honest. Just being honest. But uh, we'll see. Like, I so think next you guys have a better – it'll be a better series against the Rockets. But I think that if you guys playing the Thunder would be a lot more fun. All righty then. Thank you very much, Brett. Thank you very much. Hopefully, we'll see the Spurs next year in the playoffs. Hopefully, yeah, not. Be, Hopefully not. Hopefully not. No, we yeah. the Spurs. No, hold on. We the Spurs. We need to get rid of Lamarcus Aldridge. Lamarcus Aldridge is not y'all's problem. First of all, Lamarcus Aldridge ain't the problem. Y'all just suck. No, y'all just suck. Exactly. That's the main thing. And Lamarcus Aldridge is on the back end, so that's the main thing. But when we got Lamarcus Aldridge, that wasn't even a good. Pickup. I agree. I agree. I never, I never liked it from the beginning. Yeah, but y'all yeah. decided to do that. That's that's y'all organization. I mean, I don't know what the yeah. way. Nobody gives a shit about what yeah. moves y'all make. Nobody gives a fuck about that. <laughs> it was almost just as bad as us picking up August Hall. That was three years late. Or it was almost as bad as the Texans trade away uh, DeAndre Hopkins. But you know, that's wow. another. Not, not even close. Not, nah, not even close. Yeah. All right. All right. Another another friend of the NBA and an unfortunate passing. Of Chadwick Bozeman, unfortunately, um, on last uh, Sunday, I want to say, I'm sorry, this Sunday when we did our last show, he uh, unfortunately passed away uh, due to colon cancer. And uh, towards the end of our show, uh, Ish, me and Ish, when we was on the last show that we did uh, for the conversation we needed to have, uh, Lorenzo Guy actually commented on the com- in the comment section saying that he passed away. And at the time, I thought he was joking. I really thought it was joking until I looked at my phone and I saw that he did pass away. And I don't know how you guys felt about it or, you know, saw the initial reaction uh, when it happened. But uh, it's kind of like kind of reminded me of Kobe when it was just like, nah, he's not dead. You know, you guys are playing just, you know, what, what are you talking about? And uh, to come to find out that it, nobody was playing, it was, you know, it was for real. It was a uh, very unfortunate. So uh, Black Panther. Jackie Robertson, um, uh, James Brown, you know, some of the biopics he was able to to uh, recreate. Of course, you know, shout out to Chadwick on that one. And then also we want to, of course, pay our respect to John Thompson Jr. as well, uh, head coach for the Georgetown Hoyas uh, back in the day. Of course, coach people like Patrick Ewan, Alonzo Mourning, and Allen Iverson. Of course, his son, John Thompson III, took over the reins at Georgetown and uh, just want to pay tribute to the, the Thompson family uh, and just want to go back, like I said, with Chadwick and just want to give you guys opinion before we get up out of here for the night and, 
and uh, just give you guys a couple minutes to talk about, you know, how you felt about Chadwick and, and you know, the Black Panther for our generation. I would say Chadwick Boseman is, uh, is an, was an amazing actor. He had a, uh, after doing a little bit of research, he played so many iconic roles that were legendary. And he, he really brought a level of focus and intensity to his job just by watching the segment that they did on him on Sunday. Uh, he's definitely going to be missed. He definitely uh, made made it better. I mean, he played the iconic role of the Black Panther. That that movie alone grossed over a billion dollars and showed that not only can our leading black cast and a black director write a successful film, it just he, he just iconic. And he did that, and I think that he will truly be missed. He touched a lot of people. And the thing about it was, and I honestly believe he did that while struggling with colon cancer and doing all of that work. So shout out to, to him and may he rest in peace. Yes, just like you said, I want to reiterate that it started in 2016. Apparently, it's colon cancer. Black Panther came out in 2000 and, uh, 2018. So his first movie, uh, I want to say it was in 2016. I want to say it was 42. So he started off with that, and he went off to have five more movies after that. Uh, the last one is uh, The Five Bloods, and the, one, the movie before that, 21 Bridges. So I think he was able to create five or six movies while he had colon cancer without letting anyone know except for the team that he had around him to let, of course, the individuals know, either Marvel or, um, you know, whatever, whatever whoever the, the people that needed to know, they let them know. And, you know, another post I'm pretty sure y'all seen all on social media is, you know, I hope you guys' team is as tight as Chaswick team is, is to hold on to a secret for four years for that long and let nobody know about it. Um, you know, that just shows how tight his team was. But uh, it goes beyond his team, to be honest. And I want to actually call that out because I was seeing some people speculate whether or not um, Disney would have known about it and, you know, the movie studio would have known about it. And somebody brought up a good point saying that they actually take insurance out on a lot of their bigger, um, like, main cast roles in case something happens to them and production has to be delayed or something like that. So to think that the studio knew about it as well and it didn't leak anywhere whatsoever, that says something about the way that they all work together in making sure that this man was able to have his privacy. It is a breath of fresh air in the age of social media for somebody to be able to go through that on their own and just decide on their own terms of whether or not they wanted that to come out. Because nowadays, shoot, it don't matter if you want something to come out or not, it's probably going to end up coming out by somebody. So, as we, I mean, as we saw with, with Kobe's death, you know, just to reiterate that, you know, unfortunately, like they said, I think TMZ found out about it before Vanessa Bryant found out about it. You know, that was, you know, that's not something that you would want to have happen to your significant other for, you know, the new, for everybody around the world to know about it. And then people hitting you up about your husband or wife and then and for you to say my wife is dead like what are you what are you talking about but for you of course to not even get the confirmation first but you know that's i think that is a like you said is that's the the breath of fresh air to be able to have that peace and um and and just you know clear mind to be able to go through what he was going through without having to worry about you know millions of other people showing fake love to you you know, and that's another, I think that's another thing too. You know, a lot of people show that fake support, you know, oh, you know, you're going through cancer. So now let me support you. 
you know, why weren't you supporting me before I even went through cancer? You know, that's that's the thing as well. Um, and, a, and another another note I kind of want to tie it to is um, the movie Queen, uh, the Queen movie that came out a couple years ago. Um, Freddie Mercury, they, they, he said that as well when he was going through AIDS. He didn't want to let the world know that he was battling through AIDS because he didn't want to be a poster child for AIDS and whatnot. So I just thought that was it, it kind of reminded me of that. Um, it kind of reminded me of that when it comes to, you know, being able to keep your life private, to be able to go through what you want, what you need to go through in life to get to where you need to get through. Uh, and Mar and Mar I'm out, my bad to cut you off. Mariah Graham also said a private life is a happy life. Um, that, that, that is definitely true. And like I said, man, and, and uh, what Ish was saying. I mean, they do do that. That's called the key man policy, and they do. Uh, they make sure that the most component, the most critical people of any kind of thing, uh, you got to put out a policy on them just to protect everybody else. But like I said, the fact that he was dealing with that and still doing all that, it, it kind of inspires me. It's kind of like, man, I complain about, and you know, it's always it goes back to that that thing where you feel like your life is so hard, and it can it just shows you that it, it can always be worse. This man had stage four colon cancer but you wouldn't know i mean he just out there he lived his life to the fullest man and i just think that we all could take something away from that to say that just enjoy live every second every hour of the day the way that you're supposed to live it because you just never know when it's your time you just never know um and i also will say i read something that i didn't know until you know this this tragedy happened that uh colon cancer is the leading cause of death for black men um that says a lot um i didn't know anything about that and, and you know it sucks that it took death for us for me to figure that out or for me to do the proper research on that but it's something to think about and then also i will say um there was actually some photos that came out i forgot the time frame on it but i want to say it was late 2019 early 2020 where people were making fun of him saying that he was a crackhead because this you know his face was skinny and he, he, he didn't look right and stuff like that. That was that was the video he made. It was the video he made. He was wearing a forty-two hat, and yes, you like you said, he was he was on the video, and people were saying because of social media, you know. And again, we all know how social media works. Um, you know, he made the video, and then the trolls came out. The the trolls came out and, and made it seem like you know you know why aren't, you know why aren't you not eating? Are you on crack or this that and the third? Because of the speculation, you know, when people when celebrities are not in spotlight twenty four seven, it's the speculation. Like, where were you at? You know, what what are you doing? Did you go to rehab? You know, what's going on? This that and the third. So, um, it's unfortunate, Greg. You know, I, I'll say this: we we talk a lot about how we need to stop bullying. You know, we're in a bullying society. You know, bullying ain't never going to go away. I'm sorry. Racism ain't never going to go away. It's certain things that are just never going to go away because it's all about, it's about jealousy. Let's just be real. It's about jealousy at the end of the day on certain things. That's the reason why certain phrases will never go away because people that don't have are going to want the things that people that do have them. So they're going to try to find a way to get them either by stealing, either by talking, you know, talking bad about somebody, either by, you know, just doing what they need to do to get it. And, um, I, you know, I just think that's the, the society. Just society doesn't change. It just with, with social media and cameras, it puts a spotlight on what we're doing. 
So it shows more like, man, look at this bullying is going on. Look at the look at the pedophiles we have going on in the world. Look at the violence we have going on in the world. Look at what we got going on. I think it put more of a spotlight uh, what we have going on because it's been going on forever. You know, bullying bullying has been going on since you know the, the day of time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, um, unfortunately, you know, the RP to Chadwick Boseman and uh, you know his legacy and his, the things that he did will continue to live on. John Thompson yes, Jr. too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, yes sir. Yeah. Inspired plenty. Inspired plenty of black coaches in the NBA, and um, we wouldn't have some of the great black coaches that we have today if it wasn't for John Thompson Jr. So, you know, it's unfortunate. It seems like every show we've had to do these RIPs to some of these, uh, you know, great black men and whatnot. And uh, you know, if any, if anything, that should make us want to, you know, keep on going keep on going harder, keep on going stronger and want to, you know, have the best that we want to have in life and, and just, you know, keep on doing what we want to keep on doing what we need to do to get us where we need to be. So, uh, that's a, of course, so isn't the age uh, 35, they're supposed to get checked or is it 40? I was going 40, but now there's 40, but I'm going to say 40. I'm going 40. 40. It's very yeah. preventable if they can. It's very curable. Yeah. Very, very curable if you catch it out. I mean, I know no man wants to get that check, but I mean, that's something that we should do for sure. And I know you don't. You don't have that. to. You don't have to get a finger up your butt. You can actually give him a a a, a, fee, a, a shit sample. What is it? I was yeah. about to say fetal. What the fuck? What's the what's the, ter- the scientific <laughs> term? What's scientific term of shit? Feces. Feces. There we go. I was always about to say. <laughs> You fetal sample. Well, I was about to say fetal like a motherfucker. Yeah, you ain't shit, X. Come on, dog. You talking about they? They make you well, get my bad, my bad. Now, when you get a rectal exam, yeah, do make you get in the fetal position. Okay, see, I knew I was, I was, I was in that general era. My bad, my bad. Okay, okay. Appreciate you, Jamil. Shut up, Greg. Yeah, so it doesn't matter if they stick a finger up your ass. We need to really remove that stigma because. If it comes down to you, life or death, I don't give a damn if you sticking a finger up my ass. I just, I just want to live. And I think that we as black men have to. It's that stigma. It's that. It's the same thing in prison. By the way, just want to throw that out there. What? What? Thank you, thank you, Greg, for letting us know that. I pre- we appreciate that. I heard. I've never been in prison. Thank you for the uh-huh. insight. Thank, thank you, Greg. We didn't need to know that, but appreciate you. <laughs> All right. Well, to wrap up this show for tonight, we appreciate that, Greg. Go get your colons checked. You got any friends in prison you want to shout out? <laughs> R. Kelly. Shout out to R. Kelly. Oh, wow. Wow. All righty then. That is not the person wow. to shout out to. Yeah, thank you for thank you for ending the show like that, Greg. And uh, thank you, Jamil, the above average fellow. Mellow, mellow, mellow fellow. I met my bad. I messed. I messed up. I need the cue card again. My bad. I need the. I need the cue card. But over there hasn't moved. My bad. I messed up. But if you do need some insurance, go ahead and check out the the above average mellow, Mister Jamil. Come out on the ocean, please. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. His link will be in the description on YouTube. Uh, Go ahead Mm -hmm. and check him out, and uh, we'll see y'all next week, nine thirty, right here. uh, Ken Folk and I'm on the sports plug. All right. See y'all next week. Appreciate you. Appreciate you.